Welcome to First State Insights, offering information, perspectives, and analysis for public policy, management, and community and economic development in Delaware. everyone, and welcome to First Day Insights, a podcast presented by the Institute for Public Administration. My name is Dabney Bryce, and I'm a public administration fellow at the Institute, which is a research and public service center in the University of Delaware's Biden School of Public Policy and Administration. We call ourselves IPA for short. Thanks for tuning in today. On today's episode, I spoke with Leanne Moore, a coffee-loving mediator who works with the Conflict Resolution Program at the Institute. Leanne, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. With more and more people working and staying at home, it's inevitable that conflicts with those you're quarantined with would arise. These conflicts can be especially difficult, which leads to extremely difficult conversations. However, we deal with these difficult conversations in all areas of our life, in or outside of quarantine. So Leanne, can you start by going over what a difficult conversation actually is? Sure. I think the thing to keep in mind here is that anytime you're talking about something difficult, it has emotion attached to it. Typically, that emotion can come from one of two places. It's, it's usually a polarizing and emotional topic. Think, you know, Thanksgiving dinner with your uncle that has like a totally different view from you in politics. Or it could just be a difficult personality that rubs you the wrong way. Um, That difficult personality can be different for everyone. It's not, you know, you and I might have very different things that rub us the wrong way. But ultimately, when you come to a difficult conversation, it's because you're emotional in some way, whether it's because of that personality or because of the topic. Okay, so given that difficult conversations come from being like emotionally charged or difficult personalities. And we have to be around these people that we are struggling to deal with every day. How should we approach a difficult conversation? I think the first thing that you need to keep in mind is weighing the importance of the issue or the relationship. So for example, if you're talking with someone like your mom and you have a really close relationship with your mom, um, and the thing you need to talk about is, you know, not really that important to you, then cost benefit analysis says probably don't like face it head on. However, if you're talking with your mom about an issue that's super important to you, whether it's, you know, the vacation you're going on, or it could be something more serious about a topic in the world right now, um, you're going to need to move forward with it. So keeping that in mind, you want to kind of think about what are, what is the respect that you would want? Um, but also how can you be as direct as possible in keeping with that empathy and that respect? So typically using I statements are important. So saying something like, I appreciate if you could do X instead of Y, because that would make me feel more comfortable, something like that. Again, though, you have to manage these emotions, right? So if you're going into something and you're super fired up about it, you probably need to take a minute, right? Don't jump into it right away if at all possible. And manage your emotions to keep that even tone. Make sure the emotions don't dictate what you're saying. Like, are you going to regret that later? 
And I think these are things that, you know, in today's world, in, you know, self-help books and all these different podcasts, especially now in quarantine, I've been listening to a lot of them. We kind of know those things. I think the thing that most people deal with and that are extra difficult for people to deal with is those difficult personalities. So these are the people that you have to work with. You have no choice. Um, usually it's at work or in a volunteer position or something like that. And they are just so hard to figure out. So I think those are the, the things that people deal with in a more uneducated way, for lack of a better word. The difficult personalities are things that that need people need more help with. Okay, great. I think one of the things that stuck out to me um, on what you said is the importance of using I statements. Um, I know it can feel like I I feel blamed when people only tell me what I'm doing wrong rather than saying how they feel about my actions. Um, and so I think that's a really important tool that people can use. So that being said, could we go over a few more techniques that you mentioned for dealing with difficult people? Sure. So the first thing to to realize is that there are all different types of difficult personalities and difficult people. Um, typically, we think of there's nine different kinds. And in our show notes, we'll, we'll link to like this list of nine. I'm going to just go over them briefly. Um, but if you click on that link, it'll, it'll go over what the person's behavior is, how it might make you feel, and then some specific techniques for each of the difficult personalities. Um, but just briefly, the first three of the nine difficult personalities are kind of these hostile, aggressive people. These are the, when people typically think of difficult personalities, these are probably the three that you're thinking of. So the first one is Sherman Tanks. So these are the people that just like come at you. Like they come out charging. They're going to be like on attack mode. And then there's the sniper that they don't come, you know, they're not like Sherman Tanks where they come out crashing out of nowhere. They're more the people that are like going to sneak attack you. Like out of nowhere, they're just going to be kind of either aggressive or even passive aggressive. And then there's the exploder um, where they essentially have a temper tantrum. <laughs> um, those are the the three that most people bring up when they talk about difficult personalities. But then there's also the, you know, the complainer that just will whine and complain for hours if you let them. There's the negativist, which is, you know, these are the pessimists. Um, they're not necessarily complaining, but every time you say something, they're going to, they're going to retort with some way it's going to go wrong. Right. You know, those people. Um, then there's the bulldozers. These are the ones that always have a to-do list and they have to be super productive. And if, if the conversation isn't moving ahead, they're just going to plow right through and like not necessarily listen to anyone's feelings or ideas. If they, if that bulldozer doesn't feel like they're getting forward movement. Then there's the balloons. So these are the people that kind of really appreciate being admired and respected. They want to be the experts, even if they aren't necessarily the experts. Um, so balloons will sometimes make up information or eavesdrop um, to make sure they feel included, respected, and feel like they're the most knowledgeable. Then there's the stallers. So these are, they won't take action or make a decision ever. They just continue to stall. 
And then last but not least is the clam. This is the one that I probably find the most difficulty with because you get nothing. Like it's just, they just stand, stand there and look at you. Like they're not going to say one thing one way or another. They're just completely silent, unresponsive. So thinking about those nine, is there something that you, that stands out to you as something that you deal with, Dabney? I think for me and like the work that I've done so far, um, especially in team projects, um, I've definitely had a lot of clams. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're very unresponsive. They don't talk when you need them to. They're very non-committal about everything. They're just like, they just follow whatever, what any, everyone else does, which is frustrating. So what are the do's and don'ts that I could use and other people could use in this situation? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, like I said, claims could be like really frustrating because there's literally nothing to work with. Like at least with the explosive personalities, you, you kind of get a feeling for where they're at, right? Mm-hmm. With clams, you have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea what their emotions are. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the best thing to do is to use and ask open-ended questions. So they have to give you something. And then the other thing is when you're... Well, after you ask that open-ended question, your body language is super important because you want the clam to start to feel more comfortable and trusting in you. Um, so think about you know using that expectant look at them, like, you know, think the the raised eyebrows emoji. Um, believe it or not, that actually works a lot of the time. And then the other thing that most people forget about is don't rush them. Like be okay with silence. Ask them that question, look at them expectantly, and then let it sit for a little bit. And it might, especially for people like me who like to talk, that can be really uncomfortable, but let it let it be uncomfortable for a little bit. Give the clam that space and time they need. If if the time gets real awkward, like we're going into minutes here and there's nothing that usually doesn't happen, but there's nothing, be really direct with them and just be like, I'm kind of confused by your unresponsiveness. Can you just tell me what you're thinking about and see if that gets you anywhere? More than not, like you're not going to get to that point though. Okay. So after doing all of that, especially for me, like the struggle part is going to be the silence. Mm-hmm. I'm very similar. I like to fill silence with words. So after all this, I've had this conversation. I've allowed them to say their piece. What happens if they don't change their behavior afterwards? And what are realistic expectations that we should have if someone doesn't, um, when you're having a conversation with someone about sure. I mean, thinking about the clam specifically, oftentimes it's just going to take a lot of time for them to actually change their behavior. Um, so you're going to have to do that over and over and over again. And, and with the clams, especially, it's really about building that trust and that safe space. But for those people like those exploders um, or the Sherman tanks that we talked about, you know, with, with an exploder that, you know, just goes off, typically you need to let them run themselves out a little bit, give them time to vent. Um, but if you continue to do that without setting a firm limit, they're going to keep going. So one of the things to to keep in mind is that you might have to change your tactic a little bit. Like after you've given an exploder some time to vent and they're still venting, be very direct and say, Hey, I hear what you're saying. I know you're frustrated. 
what if we try and move forward um, by doing X, Y, or Z? But ultimately, even if you do all of that, you can only control how you choose to react to people. If they, if you do everything to give them space to give them what they need to listen, and you know you're using all these techniques and they're they're not changing, sometimes people are just going to stay difficult. Um, or sometimes it's not going to, it's not, the behavior is not going to change in the time that you have, right? Like if a decision needs to be made, especially at work, or you mentioned a school project, like there's a deadline involved. So sometimes as much as it really stinks, you, you just have to power through it. Um, and hopefully there are more people on the team that are not difficult that can pick up the slack. But ultimately, when you're, you're dealing with difficult conversations, whether it's because of the difficult people or, you know, it's with your mom who you love and just disagree with, you can find a way to overcome this piece that's difficult, right? And controlling your emotions and managing your expectations so that you aren't negatively affected by it. The biggest lesson I think for anyone listening to this is as much as things can be difficult, the biggest thing that you need to worry about is your reaction to it and how you choose to react to it. And if that is this one instance then takes you down a rabbit hole of, you know, you deteriorate and your mental health is taking a hit, just focus on that. Don't focus on changing the behavior of the difficult person or the the policy that's that's making you upset. Really focus on yourself and how you can bring the best you out of the situation. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes complete sense. And I think that's really all of it's really useful information about the only thing that we can control is ourselves. Mm -hmm. So when we have difficult people that we need to work with, we have to understand and have that realistic expectation that we as much like even after having a conversation and you you did all the things quote unquote correctly about navigating that conversation. The only thing you can do is take a deep breath, know that you did it and move forward. Um, even yeah, if that exactly. person doesn't actually do what you are asking them to. Yeah. I think too, like to your point, like if you are using all these techniques, even if it doesn't work in that one instance or with that one person, you still have all those techniques that yeah. you didn't have before. Like it's great personal development that you'll probably be able to use hopefully with a better outcome in the future. Mm -hmm. And this also helps you to realize, like, to look inward and realize sure. areas where you may be difficult so that you yes. can actually change. Yeah. Um, that may also help the relationship as well. Yeah. Like, when I was looking through um, all the difficult personalities, like, I recognize that I can be a difficult personality sometimes. Like, depending on the type of mood I'm in, especially with quarantine, sometimes it's really easy to de devolve into the to the negativist where, you know, people are starting to talk about things opening up and things are going to be great. And I'm sometimes just devolving into like, yeah, right. We're just going to have a second wave or something like that. Mm -hmm. Whereas that's not helpful or productive. So even people have to deal with me as a difficult personality and re reminding myself that I can control to take myself out of being a difficult personality as well. Yeah. I definitely understand that, especially during this time. Yes, absolutely. Well, that's all the questions that I have today. Leanne, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Everyone go and have a really good cup of coffee for me.
yes, take that. If you get anything out of all of this, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) That's all we have for this episode. I'm Dabney Bryce from the University of Delaware IPA. Remember to look at the episode notes for the link to the nine difficult personalities. And if you'd like more information about IPA or the conflict resolution program, visit www.bidenschool.udel.edu slash IPA. 